0: Welcome to Lethal Dose, your favorite toxicology-focused podcast where we delve into true crime cases involving drugs and poisons. My name is Venus Dineco. I'm a layperson fascinated by true crime. My name is Kayla Woods. I'm an author and toxicologist. Let's get started.
1: content warning for mention of child death what are we talking about today
0: today you're taking us to China I am is my understanding yes yes I am (laughs) what takes us to China in late 2007 and
1: 2008 it is estimated that 294 thousand babies became ill in China with urinary problems kidney stones and kidney failure requiring hospitalization for at least 54,000 babies, around 158 of which were considered severe cases.
0: Even if that were 15, or five, or two <laughs> babies, mm-hmm. if, if it were two babies, that's a lot of babies. Yeah. yeah. But this is like over a quarter a million.
1: It's a lot. It's a lot of babies.
0: And the families
1: of infants who became mysteriously ill became suspicious that the illnesses were linked to the milk powders they were feeding their children. As early as December of 2007, the Shijiazhuang Sanlu Group Corp. began receiving complaints from parents regarding their powdered milk. Then, on May 1, 2008, a child died after drinking formula prepared from milk powder. And while it appears the company may have investigated the claims, or perhaps even knew the cause of the illnesses, they did nothing to change the situation, nor did they inform government officials
0: surprised but also <laughs> not surprised yeah. because when does anybody ever want to go to the gun go- and be like hey yeah. so we made a bad
1: yeah uh, by the way we're by the, the reason- way we're killing kids yeah The cover-up was further perpetuated by reporters in China who got wind of the story as early as July, but chose not to make the details public because the central government had sent out an order that nothing was to negatively affect the Olympics, which was to begin just six days after Sanlu told its foreign partners about the problem.
0: Olympics more important than the kids. Yes. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. At all costs.
1: (laughs) And I'm not sure if it's irony that's at play here, but drinking milk was deliberately associated with athletic prowess and national pride. And Yili, which was one of the um, milk distributors, had its headquarters in Hohat, where the local Inner mongolian state is a shareholder with significant control. And Yili was designated the official partner and supplier of milk to the olympics in 2008 its slogan was with me china is strong
0: with me babies are sick Mm. this yeah the irony is deep there yeah
1: yeah (laughs) It is for the same reason that when executives of the Fonterra Group, which was the world's largest trader of dairy products, arrived at a joint venture meeting with the Sanlou Group on August 2nd, 2008, and were informed of the contaminated milk product sickening children, that everyone present chose to remain quiet. The cover-up would continue silently for another five weeks, with the executives knowing that the tainted milk powder was still being sold to unassuming parents. The city government of Xizhuang was informed, but the information did not pass to the higher ups in the provincial government. So nobody's finding
0: out? Not really, no. People in boardrooms are finding out.
1: Yeah, and like the local government's finding out. So the local government was acting very quietly, but they were like, well, I don't want to tell my boss because if I tell my boss, it's like going to be a big deal. So Mm. why don't we just try to deal with this ourselves and not go to my boss? Got it. Yeah. So the city government tried to do damage control on their own and contacted some of the families to inform them that their children's illnesses and deaths were a result of drinking the milk powder. And one farmer from Shanxi was told that his one-year-old son died in August because of the milk powder. He was told that explicitly by the city government.
0: So we're just like, hey, your kid died because of this sorry, not sorry I mean like, they were sorry
1: fucked. but they were like just to let you know we're aware of it, but it's like, well what are you gonna What are you gonna do about it? it? Yeah. yeah,
0: because kids are already dying, kids are already sick. Mhm. This is this is pretty ghastly. Yeah. Now Fonterra was a New Zealand
1: company and it came under intense pressure from its Chinese partner and also the local city government that they informed. They were like, Hey, this is what happened it's happening and the local city government pushed back because, you know, San Lu owned the remaining shares of this venture that Fonterra owned and they were like this is a big deal and everybody was like just keep quiet just keep quiet and one source from Fonterra said you can't imagine the threats that they faced from local officials because they didn't want it to move on to
0: the higher ups like they didn't want more and more people to find out
1: yeah yeah they well they didn't want widespread panic and they did not want I cannot like emphasize this enough they did not want it to impact the Olympics in four different meetings, Fonterra repeated its demand to inform provincial government, and Sanlu deferred, insisting the information had been provided to the central government. They're like, we've told them. But then you have the local government saying, don't say anything, and it's because but, but they're, then, they're not but telling But we anybody. did say
0: something. Yeah. But we did say something. Right. But we didn't.
1: And then Beijing later <clears> pleaded <throat> ignorance to the whole thing. So who knows who knew what as far as Beijing, which is getting higher up in the
0: government because that's right. the capital. But yeah. But they, I mean, I feel like at that point they were going to, of course, plead ignorance. Of course. Like, yeah, because, yeah.
1: I mean, once Because you're... if they
0: knew, like, if the capital knew and did nothing about it, not a good look. So, of course, yeah. they're going to say, right. I didn't know about this. Right. What is this? Babies dying? Oh,
1: ah, yeah. That's terrible. We absolutely yeah. had no.
0: Yeah, we
1: didn't do that. Okay, so in the meantime, Fonterra executives are said to have agonized over what to do. Bet. And they looked into past incidents like the SARS epidemic where the central government tried to cover up what was happening. And, you know, they were like, well, what happened to the whistleblowers then? And the whistleblowers got in trouble. And so they weren't sure what they should do because they knew they wouldn't be backed up if they went over the heads of the local government. And they were like, "Okay, we're just going straight to go straight to the provincial government. They weren't sure how that would play out for their people still in China, you know. Kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. So they decided to work through the system, which is a quote I got from a Guardian article. They wanted to work through the system while they awaited clearer information from lab reports and word from the local government, which it's like. I don't know. It seems like this needed more action. Like maybe just do something to protect the people that you're worried
0: about facing consequences. But like because tainted mil- tainted powdered milk is still going out at yeah. this point. Yeah, like, they're not doing anything about it. So it's it's not only like I mean they've given closure to a few people. Yeah, but that's it.
1: Yeah, they're not really doing they're anything. They're not doing
0: else. anything. Like, people, more and more people are going to potentially get sick and die. Right. And eventually they did pull the product from the shelves, but like not initially. And
1: they didn't tell people, hey, the stuff you might have in your cupboard, you might want to get rid, rid of, rid of, of that. Like, it, there was no right. recall, right? So, uh, more weeks passed by, and the Chinese partner, San Lu, continued to refuse to say anything. And New Zealand knew what was happening. And so, New Zealand. Oh. Yeah. Well, because it was a New Zealand group. So New Zealand comes back from the, the meetings, all these meetings, and they report to their government. They're like, hey, this is what's going on. And so the New Zealand government, even they took like a while to be informed by their executives. Everybody was being real quiet. And then on September 5th, 2008, the executives in New Zealand were like, hey, government, this is what's happening in China with our major shareholder over there
0: but this is after all of this was happening in 2007. Right. Like, like things had been happening since 2007. Yeah. So they took they took their time. I mean, and maybe they didn't find out like like you said, but yeah. I don't like it.
1: So then an ambassador was sent to tell the Chinese government, and so they sent their own whistleblower from New Zealand and the um To tell somebody who's higher up. To tell somebody who's higher up, yeah. And so this person is, I guess, being protected because they're just going to come back to New Zealand. But they were sent by the prime minister of New Zealand, Helen Clark. And Helen Clark said that Fonterra had been trying for weeks to get an official recall and the local authorities in China wouldn't do it. And it's kind of like almost... He said, she said in a way, like, mm. okay, your executives are saying this and making the Chinese executives look like they're not saying anything. And the Chinese executives, to be fair, weren't. But it's like, why did you take a month to tell your government? Right. Uh, like, nobody looks good in this situation. No. And I think everybody's trying to make themselves look less
0: shitty, but nobody looks good. No, because nobody did the right thing in the beginning. Yeah. Everybody just kept sweeping it under the rug. Mm-hmm. And so, and then things
1: started to get really Dirty between Sanlu and Fonterra, and Fonterra accused Sanlu of sabotage of their product, which is like, I mean, I suppose uh, it is technically sabotage if it's contamination, but it's like, it's not like
0: they purposefully uh, poisoned yeah. this,
1: like, yeah, like that's making them look more malicious, like, they're yeah. just they just don't care, but they weren't like, ah, haha, we're going to chill, kill 300,000 children and it'll be amazing, like, right, nobody was doing that under pressure in new zealand to explain why Fonterra had not gone public sooner the people who worked up Fonterra said that their consciences were clear like one of the executives was like nope i mean i knew about the contamination and i wanted a recall but we have to play by chinese rules what were we supposed to do
0: but what rules like quote unquote like what are these rules that they're talking about that uh, just completely forego public safety don't make china look bad even though they're killing their own children Yeah, I guess that's rule number one. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so, you know, they were like, we've done everything we can to get the product off the shelf, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, did you, though? Because you didn't issue a recall. You just stopped making it.
0: Yeah. Big liar, liar, pants on fire moment, because if they would have done everything, quote, unquote, everything possible, Mm -hmm. they would have stopped production Pulled everything from the shelves and said, hey, everybody, get this this out of your cabinet.
1: Yeah, this is what's happening.
0: Yeah, that is so far from every, did everything possible. Yeah. Like, could not be farther from that. So,
1: like I said, New Zealand was informed September 5th. They deputized somebody to be a whistleblower and deal with the Chinese authorities. And so the Chinese government, their officials learned of the contamination on September 9th. And by this point, the Olympics had already ended. So at this mm-hmm. point, it's kind of like everybody's willing oh, we to can...
0: like. Yeah, yeah, we can get this off of our chest now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The city of Beijing, they learned about it on September 10th when probably local authorities revealed that 14 known babies had fallen ill in a single province in the past two months. And mm-hmm. they, there was a direct correlation because they knew that they had drank the Sanlu milk powder. And then after this was announced, reports came in from all over China. Parents started making reports, maybe making reports again. Who knows? To be like, yeah, this happened to my kid too, you know. On September 12th, the Sanlu group admitted that the milk powder was contaminated, and the next day production was halted and 19 people were
0: arrested. Well, finally doing something.
1: So, what they found was that 69 batches from 22 of China's 109 baby milk powder producers were found to contain melamine. That's a fifth of the major milk producers, including the country's two largest dairy firms, Mengnu and Yili, who I already mentioned. On September 19th, they confirmed these findings and Mengnu issued a recall of all of their products. Other products ranging from fresh milk, to ice cream and candies, including the white rabbit candy, which was sold abroad, were found to contain foreign substances, including traces of melamine, and so this led to recalls of milk-containing products in the EU and other parts of Asia. Because now it's a big problem.
0: Now it's, it's a huge problem. Yeah,
1: it's not just one country. It could be anybody. Transcontinental. At yeah. At this point, now. The caveat here is that all cases of the illnesses up to this point were linked to the Sanlu baby formula, which was shown to have had the highest levels of melamine than anything else that they
0: tested. Well, that's unfortunate because babies mm-hmm. are small and it's going to take less of this. But what what is melamine? Because this is one that I haven't heard of
1: <laughs> at all. We finally got to the chemical. We're not just talking yeah. milk. Although... And our next microdose, we will be talking milk because I just can't, <laughs> as a vegan, I just can't get enough of this, I guess. I don't know what it is. Got milk. Got milk. What a terrible campaign, pulse. We'll, we'll it, leave it for the microdose. It was. <laughs> it was. But. Okay. So melamine is a chemical that's used in plastics and fertilizers and is rich in nitrogen. So. We're this not can't do- be
0: good. <laughs> this cannot be fucking good for
1: babies. <laughs> We're not doing a video right now, but Venus has this cool-ass green screen behind her, <laughs> and she has the melamine compound pulled up, so if you're not driving or whatever, and you can Google melamine, it has six nitrogens on it, which makes sense because melamine, amine actually means nitrogen, so like amino acids. Mm. Yeah, nitrogen. And so because they're um, rich in nitrogen, they can be used to artificially boost the nitrogen, the protein levels, in products. Yes. And so it was added to the milk powder to help the food, you know, the milk, the candies, the whatever, appear to be rich in protein. But when you make melamine for fertilizers or whatever, whenever you're making it and it's a powder, sometimes a contaminant called cyanuric acid can be made. And when cyanuric acid is with the melamine, that is a nasty, nasty combination that leads to kidney stones. And so these babies were ending up with kidney stones. Mm. And the parents of these infants reported that their baby's urine was discolored after drinking the milk. So it's like, yeah, fucking clearly. Pause.
0: correlation. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Now, the reason that they think the melamine was added like, or where they think it was added in the chain that you know, we kind of talked about with botulism, like where where along the chain is this Mm -hmm. contaminant being introduced? Individual dairy farmers and collection stations that sold their raw milk to companies were the ones initially being blamed for the melamine. And a lot of the people who were initially arrested were individual farmers and people who worked at collecting stations. Some of the farmers who sold milk to Chinese companies were thought to have used the melamine because they were watering down their milk and then they were mm. artificially boosting the protein content to make it look
0: like it wasn't watered down It's and basically just taking it they're cutting it they're cutting to, it, but st- they're cutting it but making it still quote unquote, appear mm-hmm. as nutritionally beneficial. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Exactly.
1: And like I read this whole article about the history of milk in China because China wasn't one of those countries that had a whole lot of cows and that wasn't one of the like main food sources. And so there was actually like a lot of lactose intolerance, which right. is really common in most places in the world that just didn't have bovines, you know, mm-hmm. living among them. And they became concerned after Mao that they weren't kind of like competitive with other countries because they weren't getting the same kind of protein because they didn't have cow protein, they didn't have milk, and they didn't have meat. And so there was this like really aggressive campaign that played right into the 2008 Olympics, like be strong with us, whatever. Because they were like, oh, well, We're like smaller and we're shorter because we aren't getting enough milk. And so they tried to like really aggressively introduce milk into the population. And so they had to really fight against lactose intolerance because everybody everybody was lactose intolerant, right? But they were like, well, you need this protein. And so there was this huge push for milk. And so all of these dairy farmers like, you know, became dairy farmers. They weren't dairy farmers prior to Mao. And then in the 1980s, They began to have individual farmers creating collection centers because it just worked out better that way. But in 2006, the industry hit a crisis because costs rose. There was competition with, like, you know, different prices. And so the introduction of price controls in January of 2008, you know, the year that this all started, may have been part of what. Happened and part of what caused Mm. these farmers to really start using a lot more melamine and to really start watering down their product.
0: Greed and money strikes again.
1: Yes, yes. Another theory is that they were concerned about food safety and they were concerned about the nutritional value of baby powder because in 2004, 12 babies actually died after drinking fake formula. And Sorry, everyone, for talking about babies and kids so much. I know it's terrible. But, like, I feel like this is really important information to have because at the coroner's office, there were quite a few babies that came in because their formula was being stretched. And not out of malice or anything either. I think it was just out of, like, not understanding and not having the money to, like, to feed babies expensive formula. And, like... There's a whole swindled episode about it and about how, like, Nestle is just fucking terrible because they convinced people to stop breastfeeding and use formula, which is more expensive and can be, like, contaminated really easily, right? Mm -hmm. But people buy this formula because they think, oh, it must be, like, so much more nutritious and my baby's going to be so much stronger. Or they have, like, you know, weird hang-ups about breastfeeding and to each their own. But, like, if you stretch formula, you're basically starving your baby
0: because what do you stretch it with? You stretch it with, water, with water usually. Yeah. yeah, you're not they're not getting nutrition from anything else. Right. And right after you're born, you still have like a lot
1: of growing to do. Like all the growing. Like all the growing. So <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, yeah, it's really it's very easy for babies to be starved to death even if you're feeding them every single day and it's very easy for babies to get poisoned with contaminants that are in their formula when that is their like main only source of food really Um, and so they think that this crackdown on safety may have been part of the reason that some of the farmers were adding this melamine to boost protein levels
0: because they didn't want to be accused of having nutrition nutritionally deficient product yeah Uh, yeah okay even even though it's like well
1: melamine leads to like kidney stones and kidney crystals and stuff and like they should have known that because this is not the first time that there was a melamine outbreak in the world and in fact the year prior to this outbreak with you know the baby formula in the united states there was a major outbreak in pet food because melamine was being added to
0: pet food and a bunch of pets died oh i i remember a pet food i remember a bunch of recalls happening but i didn't know that I didn't know that melamine was the culprit right right interesting yeah
1: so now according to police melamine was being sold to suppliers you know february of 2007 but they are not sure when it began and like i don't know who's to say why they were adding it but they were definitely adding it melamine's not just something that like
0: shows up naturally happens <laughs> yeah. like it's it's getting added in by somebody somewhere yeah
1: The agriculture department's minister told the public securities people that milk stations only in recent years have become a thing. The country has no specific method of supervising them or a clear cut supervision department. The purchasing process of raw milk is basically out of control. And it's like, well, that should probably be something that's like monitored and, you know, supervised. That (laughs) seems like a big deal. Like going back to our botulism episode, that's kind of a big deal.
0: Yeah, and these are all problems that we're finding out way too fucking late. Right,
1: right. So, now, of course, people believed that Sanlu and their officials needed to take responsibility for failing to act when they were alerted, which, like, yeah, I think they should have taken responsibility. Somebody
0: needs to. And
1: what they did was representatives from the Sanlu group apologized to the public for its contaminated milk powder. They did this on September 15th before any recalls had been issued. But... This didn't cushion any of the blows that were to come for them that same day September 15th the deaths of two babies were officially linked to the contamination so shit is just getting worse
0: yeah well in fuck your apology do something about it right the head of China's quality
1: watchdog was the first national leader to resign as a result of the scandal and that was on September 22nd the San Lu chairwoman and general manager was fired from her posts in the wake of the scandal and arrested. And then four of the milk suppliers were arrested and 22 others were detained. And then the mayor, the party boss, and other city officials in Shizhu Shuang were fired. And the China's Food Standards boss also resigned. So, like, a lot of people... Heads were rolling. Yeah. 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 All of the people who were detained in the connection with the scandal, like I said, originally for, were from milk stations and dairy farmers. This was because they thought that the contamination was happening at milk collecting stations. So, we, you know, like we said, they were watering it down and then adding melamine. But we'll, we'll learn that that is not the full story.
0: Okay. So this
1: is just as it was being, as the story developed, this is mm-hmm. what was being reported. Now, a state news agency reported that two brothers had been arrested after adding melamine to 3 tons of milk that they sold from farmers every day so probably the
0: collecting station yeah that's a lot of milk to be fuxin with a lot of milk
1: i mean if again if we go back to the botulism episode if this was botulism they were adding because they wanted to be malicious and not just mm-hmm. cutting their product to sell it for cheaper like holy shit how many people would have died right Baby formula and other milk products were pulled from stores around the countries, and other Chinese goods such as liquid milk, instant coffee mixed, and milk-based candy were totally banned around Asia. Taiwan said it was banning all dairy products from Sanlu immediately, you know, despite whatever was coming out about where it was or was not found. And then following all of these resignations and arrests in late September, the first case outside of China was recorded on September 20th when a three-year-old girl from Hong Kong went in for a checkup because everybody's freaking the fuck out, right? Right. So she went in for her checkup, and they found that she had kidney stones, and she had been drinking milk powder from San Lu every day for 15 months.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. And, of course, San Lu was like, okay, we'll pay for her medical bills, but, like— Fucking of course you're going to. This is a huge fucking scandal.
0: Yeah, that's the least you could do. Like, they and they probably felt so magnanimous, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we're going to take care of the baby who's been (laughs) poisoned for 15 months. Well, this one outside of China. Yeah, how fucking (laughs) wide of you? Like... (laughs) Okay, yeah. like, what about the other almost three hundred thousand sick children? Right. Are we, no, no. Okay. Right.
1: Yeah. Health experts, they they now were like, okay, it's melamine, and so they were trying to inform the public of like what the real danger was, and they said that ingesting a small amount of melamine posed no danger, but in larger da- in larger doses, or if there was cyanuric acid present, it could co- de- cause kidney stones and lead to kidney failure. Infants were susceptible, and so that's why they were seeing deaths from infants. As children became older, they were less likely to have the really severe illnesses, but there were still three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds who were getting sick.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, of course the the infants are susceptible because they're fucking tiny. Right, like, yeah. They're just little babies. Like, it's like <laughs> – yeah. So, how, so did they have any set, like, do we know how much was in there?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a, a lot of testing done. So, like I said, Sanlu had the most in their product. And the melamine content in the Sanlu brand, the powdered milk, had 2,563 milligrams per kilogram. And the, the range for other samples was 0.09 to 619 milligrams per kilogram. So, they like had an outstanding that was
0: huge yeah i mean because i mean i guess we'll get into it later on but i mean is is the the 0.09 milligrams doesn't seem like it would be deadly or dangerous i mean that's probably on the lower end it might
1: still be dangerous for some infants but the really important thing to note is that 73 percent. Of the Sanlu milk powders that were analyzed also had that cyanuric acid. Mm. And the cyanuric acid concentrations ranged from 0.4 to 6.3 milligrams per kilogram. And so these two things combined were what caused.
0: The you deadly, know, the deadly kidney failures. Yeah, gotcha.
1: They actually bond to each other through hydrogen bonding,
0: <laughs> and then they, so cause... they like make sweet, sweet chemical love. Yeah, but in a very weak way.
1: They, they weakly bond, <laughs> and then they co-crystallize in the nephron of your kidney and can kill you. So,
0: yes, is that kind of like <laughs> the crystal, like Christi- the crystals in the kidney from like the antifreeze situation? Oh yeah, um, like that's what.
1: I don't quite think it's like that.
0: Okay. Yeah, but but still, crystals in the kidney.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then they block your kidney tube, tubules. So rather than being like in your kidney, it's more like the tubule that filters everything.
0: Gotcha. Yeah,
1: uh, the chemical was not found in dairy products served to the Beijing Olympics and Paralympics. Everybody wanted to be very clear about that.
0: Oh, good. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness the Olympians were spared, and no chemicals were found in liquid milk produced after September fourteenth. But still, like. Like, why are we taking this long to test things? Why are we taking this long to do a recall? Like, yeah. yeah. They seized about
1: 2,000 tons of milk from the Sandlu group. And they said that another 8,000 tons were currently on the market still, like, at the point of the recall. And then another 700 tons was on its way back to the the Sandlu group. And then they said they said that all of the tainted milk powder was going to be destroyed.
0: Well, yay. (laughs) Thank goodness somebody. But like, how about the 8,000 that's already out? Like, you can't (laughs) guarantee that. And like, how many people don't know about the recall.
1: Right. How many people don't know about the recall? How many people have already been affected? And then that farmer who we talked about earlier, Mm that the local government was like, we just wanted you to know, we know why your son died and it was contaminated milk powder. They came back and then they were like, no, there's no proof that his death was actually linked.
0: Well, that's pretty fucked. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So at the same time that they're
0: like, look at us, we're doing recalls. And... We're doing everything right, but we're gonna go back and say that no harm was done, even though the one the one instance where they said yeah, yeah. So were there any like were there any casualties that they did say were linked? Yeah. So those two official
1: ones were linked early on, but in total, six children were determined to have died from melamine poisoning caused by the milk powder contamination. And a Beijing lawyer who was aiding these families said that probably more deaths sure. you know, had occurred, but they wouldn't go counted because parents wouldn't report them. They wouldn't know to connect the two or they wouldn't have the ability to face the Sanlu group and be like, your product did
0: this to our kid. Well, and it, but a lot of it was probably they just didn't know. Exactly. Like, yeah, they like- didn't know. They didn't know, so there were probably more deaths, mm-hmm. and I mean, but, and lest we forget, just all of the kids who got sick. hmm No, yeah. there's, a, there were more deaths. There were, there were more deaths. Yeah. The
1: government was probably worried about having to compensate, because, I mean, this was an outstanding amount of people, of babies who were impacted. So the government was worried about having to compensate for this. But they did say, you know, okay, we're going to do a complete overhaul of the dairy industry. We're really going to improve safety after this. But it's all, like, reactionary, you know, and like, okay, we're going to try to prevent it for the future. But we're not really going to do anything about what's happening right now. It just—it's Classy. Yeah. Classy. So where else did they find it? They found melamine and all sorts of food products, and they were checking fucking everything everything that had dairy in it so a Hong Kong lab found excessive amounts of melamine in Cadbury chocolate from oh, China no. we, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a big fucking deal so the Cadbury dairy milk cookies chocolate bulk package was contained con- was found to contain 6.9 parts per million of melamine and the Cadbury milk Cadbury dairy milk hazelnut chocolate package had 56 parts per melamine and just, you know, to know what the regulations in Hong Kong were, you had a limit of 2.5 parts per million. So Hong Kong was like, <sighs> fuck this. Like, yikes. <laughs> and of course, you know, the the Cadbury, who's Britain, they were fucking upset, too. They were really upset with China. Uh, Taiwan and Australia, like, you know, forced a recall on all of the products that they had from Chinese milk. A Hong Kong supermarket said that they were recalling milk powder from Nestle after a newspaper reported that their products contained melamine. Oh. Uh, Yeah, yeah. They found small amounts of melamine in their dairy farm brand milk for catering, and so they ordered the product to be recalled, even though Nestle said that they were confident that none of their Chinese-made products had melamine, which is like, ah, well, That's like
0: saying, like, I know that I am not going to get hit by a car when I go out on the highway tomorrow. <laughs> like you can, sure, but it, it could happen. Yeah. And, and everything also points to it happening at this point.
1: Or like just, just to be safe, like test it for sure, but maybe just do the recall just to be sure. Well,
0: and, but, and like, and like, I get that they would want to say that they're confident that it didn't happen. Right. But like, right. But maybe not. Yeah, uh, like maybe just do the testing and shut the fuck up. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Unilever was forced to recall Lipton brand milk tea powder in Hong Kong and Macau after they found were found to contain traces of melamine. Uh, so it's just everywhere. It was fucking ever. It was such a big deal, and then it got worse because then it emerged in late October that eggs were contaminated with melamine. Well, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. Well, this was because, and this was the first time that anybody admitted to this, this was because
0: melamine had been added to the animal feed. Oh, to like yeah. give the animal feed protein, just You're like the- yeah. mm-hmm. just like the, the pet food.
1: Yes. And so-, so.
0: Oh, no. Yes. And so while they were like,
1: okay, we've had people who have admitted to adding melamine to water down milk. It's also coming from further back in the chain yeah because now it's in fucking eggs yeah so eggs and meat products imported out of china were being recalled hong kong testers found 4.7 parts per million of melamine in eggs and again legal limit is 2.5 parts per million so it's like damn fucking Damn. damn yeah And now following this, the FDA established limits of one part per million for children and 2.5 parts per million for adults. And the European Food Safety Authority established a tolerable daily intake of 0.5 milligrams per kilogram. That's basically saying, like, your product can have up to 2.5 parts per million, but the European Union is saying, well, it depends person to person. You can have up to this amount every day. Because it's, again, one of those things where it's the dose. And so if you have it once at a low dose, maybe it's okay. But it's another thing to emphasize that these kids were drinking this milk powder every day and had this very- Multiple times a day. Yeah. Had this chronic exposure where Mm -hmm. they were drinking it every day for 15 months. And that's going to build up. In total, 47 countries received melamine-contaminated products. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it was a big fucking deal. It was a big deal.
0: So does this happen with a lot of chemicals where they just carry over from like this like a food source carries into like the eggs? Like that's kind of freaky.
1: It can. It can happen like that, yeah. I, I don't have any chemicals that come to mind immediately, but it definitely can, for sure. I mean, didn't we say um we we were talking about how
0: Oh, hemlock, right? If birds eat hemlock, the bird is fine. Yeah. Yeah. The bird's fine because they can tolerate it, but... Yeah. Yep. So a bunch of
1: different things were tested for melamine. They tested eggs, and they tested different milk products, and they tested meat. And this was actually an academic study that I was looking at. And they said that they couldn't really determine which were due to baseline contamination, so which went as far back in the chain as animal feed and which were adulteration of melamine later on Mm. in the chain. It was unclear about where you, like, you couldn't really be like, okay, this one was contaminated at this point. It's
0: just kind of like end product has melamine. Right. They couldn't figure out at which point, like in the Stanford milk experiment, at which point in the process the melamine got in, just that it was there. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So what ended up happening to the company? In
1: late December of 2008, Sanlu filed for bankruptcy. So this all happened pretty quickly, and they filed for bankruptcy.
0: Like, well, we're fucked.
1: (laughs) A few days later, six men went on trial for making and selling the melamine that was linked to the contamination. And after that, a trial of the Sanlu company, four of the Sanlu company executives began. Shang Yuzhun, who was a farmer, was executed for endangering public safety, and Geng Jingping was executed for producing and selling toxic food. The state said that Shang had produced and sold hundreds of tons of melamine laced protein powder, quote-unquote protein powder, (laughs) and gang had sold more than 900 tons of tainted milk mm. like knowingly sold the tainted milk and most of this milk was the milk that ended up at san lu and then made it into the infant formula
0: yeah they're straight up killing people over yes they are over to death <laughs> like... yes they are because <laughs> this is china and that's what we
1: <laughs> they that's were taking we're... it very
0: seriously I mean, after well, t- after <laughs> They they're taking it seriously now that they've decided, yeah, that we're taking it seriously. Yeah,
1: yeah, and we're taking
0: it very fucking <laughs> deadly seriously.
1: And some people suggested that these two men that were executed were scapegoats, and I can see that because it's like, well, there's
0: more than one person.
1: There's more <laughs> or than more than one, two people. There's more than two people, but also like you fucking knew since December.
0: Yeah, maybe the executives who were playing pussyfoot about getting this information to the public, mm-hmm. how, why weren't they culpable? Right. Like,
1: well, and that general manager who I talked about, who she apologized and then stepped down, she was given mm-hmm. a life sentence after pleading guilty to charges of producing and selling fake or substandard products.
0: Wow. Well.
1: Yeah. And then three other, so the other three that rounded out this trial of the executives, these other three were given between five and 15 years in prison.
0: That's (laughs) such a huge range.
1: I know, I know, right? Five
0: years to, you're dead.
1: I mean it depends on I guess what they were found guilty of and I'm not exactly sure each of the charges that everybody was found guilty of. So the like I said earlier the mayor, the party boss and other city officials they were fired and all of that and then the food standards boss resigned, that watchdog person resigned, but none of the officials were charged with anything. They just mm. resigned. Well, and then you know
0: a lot of joy, a lot of possibilities
1: There's a lot of possibilities and the government was like, here's what we're doing. But the parents were like, okay, well, what about our kids are sick? Like, we're sick. We had to deal with medical expenses. Our kids died. What are you going to do about that? And so 200 families were like, we want compensation. And so they, they ended up getting a deal from the government where 22 companies would pay $121 million and that would be divided among the, you know, hundreds of thousands of families and the families were like, well, that's that's not good enough. That's pretty inadequate.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree with them here. That's not even close to enough. I think that's
1: where they ended it is that they were just like $121 million between, you know, around 300,000 families, give or take however many people were giving it to multiple children in their home. But Um, and then after this, many parents lost any faith that they had in Chinese milk.
0: Well, I don't fucking blame them. I don't
1: blame them either. And so they turned to imported form powder if they could afford it. So there's some privilege here where Mm. the people who can't afford it, they still have to be like, I really hope that these standards that you've put in place after this are true and are actually in place. People started hiring wet nurses that were being paid like a lot. Like they were being paid like almost $1,000 a month to be a wet nurse.
0: That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. That's a pretty, I mean, I know that it's like. And that sounds like pretty, that also seems like a pretty um, substantial cost mm -hmm. just for like feeding your kid like. Yeah. A thousand dollars a month. Uh,
1: Yeah. That's a lot.
0: But I mean, I guess I
1: get it if you don't want your kid to die, but it's again, only if you can afford that. Right. Which I'm sure not a lot of people Mm -hmm. could. Yeah. And then of course, soy milk, they're. Their sales went up by 30% following that was a this good scandal. Year for them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That and makes then sense.
1: in early 2010, products made by three different companies were found to have melamine and had to be pulled from supermarkets. Again? Again. And then in the summer of that same year, there was a Chinese state news agency that reported that another dairy plant had test samples that were positive for melamine that had up to 500 times the maximum amount level of melamine. <sighs> And then another 12 tons of the finished, you know, milk powder products, those were tainted, and so those were seized by the state. And they were thought to actually have been retained from the 2008 scandal they were held on to. Oh,
0: no. Yeah,
1: and then they were put back. Yeah, yeah. Just so, put right back out on the market. Which is like, so, okay, so you're just going to knowingly sell this contaminated product then. like that? Like, why are we even mm. testing it at this point? Well, I mean, they had to test it because they were like, it was probably part of the standards but the people who were selling it you know yeah so that's that's frightening yeah <laughs> and then you know i was reading these sources that even in 2018 and 2019 so 10 years after the initial scandal there are still customers who were wary of chinese milk products do you blame them no i don't blame them and so yeah, they I instead don't. of you know cow's milk they would drink soy milk which is probably fine because again like i said most most people who are older especially and weren't like being aggressively fed milk were lactose intolerant anyhow but yeah they were they weren't confident that's that it's safe but then you have people who are still like well is my kid gonna grow up to be strong enough if it's just plant protein so i guess i guess maybe we should do cow milk but then they this article interviewed one mother who they were like do you feel like you know Chinese milk is safe now? Are you confident in Chinese milk? And she said, no, but I choose the bigger brands and I switch between them a lot. So if we're being poisoned, at least we're not storing up on one kind.
0: Oh my gosh. Which is like, pick your poison? <laughs> yeah,
1: That shouldn't apply to milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, people are still buying foreign milk powder. And yeah, it's just the milk industry is not doing well in China.
0: Well, I mean... It sounds like they're doing more testing, mm-hmm. which is good. Mm-hmm. But, but if then it's you still, still have people getting out to market. I know. Like I know. then, what's the point? I know. I know. And like, I guess it's so
1: bad still that like shops in Australia have to like ban bulk purchases on infant formula because people in China, since that's like the closest supplier they can get, will try to
0: get it imported from Australia. Oh, because they feel like it's safer. Yeah. To get it from there. Yeah. Ugh. That's terrible. Yep. Milk is dangerous,
1: but not really. It's just it can be easily contaminated with shit.
0: Well, and just when there's no oversight and when you've got tons, literally tons Mm -hmm. in production, Mm -hmm. a small problem can end up big. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So do you want me to go into the toxicity
0: of melamine? Of course I do.
1: (laughs) So melamine has a low acute toxicity. So if you have it once, you're probably fine. The oral median lethal dose in mice and rats is actually over three thousand milligrams per kilogram of body weight. But again, that's what you know when it's not being paired with that cyanuric acid. Right. So if you had a huge, huge dose of melamine, especially if you're an infant it could be very dangerous for you but it's when it's paired with that other contaminant the cyanuric acid that it really starts to be damaging and the main toxicity related to melamine is basically an only excretory organs so the kidney and the bladder so that's really what they looked for was when they were like has has this person been impacted by melamine they don't really need to look for anything like microscopic and they don't need to look for anything in the blood it's really like how how are your kidneys doing right
0: yeah. How's the kidney? How's the bladder? Exactly.
1: And the toxicity of cyanuric acid on its own is really similar to melamine. So it has again a low acute oral toxicity and it has sub chronic toxicity at concentrations of five thousand three hundred milligrams per liter. So again, you'd have to have like a lot of it all at once. But
0: it's the over the chronic exposure that we're really getting chronic exposure and when you pair and they come combined. Yep, yep, yep. And so is the cyanuric acid a separate contaminant or is mm-hmm. it something it's a sep- it's a completely separate contaminant that just also happened to get in with the melamine? It's a contaminant in the production of melamine. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then
1: it hydrogen bonds and it's not good. Creates some calcium and they actually did so they have all of these toxicity profiles that they've done on rats because again there was you know the melamine outbreak in 2004 there was the melamine outbreak of the pet food there was the melamine outbreak in 2007 so they have a lot of like toxicity profiles for that and you know we have melamine plates and stuff so what is the toxicity for like normal use on plates things like that But following the 2008 scandal, a study was conducted on some of the children who were impacted. And so they interviewed 9,375 children, and then they did further observations on 48 of the children who were three and younger. Mm. And these children all had urinary tract Abnormalities, so they didn't just have like discoloration of the urine. They were trying to look at children who were severely impacted to see what the long term effects would be, and all of these children had drank the sand loop powder specifically, so they got like the high, the high dose, high doses of it. Yeah, on average, these kids were exposed to 16 milligrams of melamine per day. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Now, luckily, only 0.61% of the children had renal stones or swelling of the kidneys. And then six months after being diagnosed with these symptoms, only 12% of children who were previously diagnosed with renal issues still had abnormalities that could be found by ultrasound.
0: So it seems to alleviate as time goes on... It does. But then you
1: still have to look at these, you know, 12 percent of kids. Well, what happens with these really severe cases that, you know, still have something going on at six months? And obviously at some point this study had to end. So at six months they were like, here's our cutoff. But we still, you know, it'd be interesting to know if any ethical further research can be conducted. Like, did they do any follow up with these kids a year later or two years later or 10 years later to see, like, how are
0: you how are you doing after all of that? Right, because I mean, your kidneys are important, and if they're not functioning from when you're a child on, yeah, it could lead to other issues. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Are there other routes of exposure that we should be concerned about with melamine? I mean, like not other really. than milk powder?
1: Not, not really. But I can go over it anyhow, and I've kind of covered it a little bit. So, like I said, it it's in some cooking utensils, plates. Uh, it can be found in. Like paper plates, paper, like it's a fertilizer because it's high in nitrogen. And it's actually not a fertilizer in the United States, but in other parts of the world it is. Hmm. And it can be used in the packaging of food products, but it's not FDA approved for direct addition to human food or animal feeds for obvious reasons after listening to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not, it's just not even, because it's not real protein. Like it's not- An it's, amino
0: acid is just a it's just a plastic. It's a fake. It's a phony. It's yeah. a f- hack fraud. The <laughs> hack fraud protein.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if anybody is concerned, because it's totally fine to like be concerned about this, like you know, in plates and stuff, if you're like, oh, I might be exposed to this, especially if you have kids. Like, it's totally fine to be concerned about that. And so the Taiwan Consumers Foundation tested plastic tableware that was made in China specifically and found that it had melamine at a level of 20,000 parts per billion. And this kind of tableware was manufactured with a melamine formaldehyde resin. And so it forms with heat to the tableware, and it's really common to have resins like this. I actually did my master's thesis on a type of plastic like this that is a flame retardant plastic that can either be added in this way, like this, so that it shouldn't, when it heats, you know, leach into the atmosphere, but it can also be added in a more passive way so that there is potential for leaking into the atmosphere. And I totally Mm -hmm. get that people can be concerned about that. The plastic I worked on was actually an analog of BPA, and I know a lot of people okay. are concerned about like, you know, does BPA get into my water bottle? And it's like, well, is it passively added or is it added in this more like permanent way? And so they did find that even when it's added in this way, a small amount of melamine can still remain to like be leached out, but it mm. it migrates really slowly, even when it comes into contact with food. They did measure the migration in the food and they found that mostly with acidic foods, which Totally makes sense. Um, under exaggerated conditions, they were able to get quite a bit of melamine out. But when they looked at, you know, what they called actual use conditions, which was cold orange juice held in the tableware for 15 minutes, the migration was less than 10 parts per billion in the juice. So, okay. Pretty low. Yeah. And I mean, if you were to do something weird, like heat your orange juice, you know, and I <laughs> suppose like you could be like, okay, well, what if I have hot? pasta sauce on it and it's like sure there might be more leaching that way but it does seem like they they heated them at 160 degrees fahrenheit for two hours and that's 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 like
0: way beyond normal use
1: conditions and so that's when they were able to find the migration which is why i say like sure you might have elevated levels if you have like hot pasta sauce but it seems like they would have reported it if like if that was an issue it's more just like I don't even know how these plates are holding up to 160 degrees Fahrenheit for two hours. For two like, hours, If they're, if yeah, they're plastic, like, what is happening here?
0: <laughs> There's something else going on in those plates. Like... Yeah, yeah. So this,
1: this leaching that you can find after having a glass of orange juice in your cup for 15 minutes, it's 250 times lower than the level of melamine that the FDA is, says is uh, acceptable in foods of even infant formula, which is it's 2.5 parts per million. They do recommend not heating, not even microwaving your plastic dishes, which I stand by. Nobody should do that. And if you want to, fine, go ahead. Just please, for the love of God, don't microwave styrofoam. Don't do that.
0: I I microwave my Tupperware sometimes. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) But they say they're okay for the microwave.
1: If it says that it's microwave safe, that it should be microwave safe. But I just, I don't really want anyone to be microwaving plastic. So if you could all just do me a favor and not.
0: I will, I will do my <laughs> best to refrain. And
1: I know that some people don't have the ability to not use plastic. But just like, I don't know, think about it. Think about what you're microwaving your food on. Maybe get one ceramic plate. And that's the microwave plate. <laughs> okay. For me. Thank you.
0: Do it for you.
1: (laughs) Okay. And so the last thing that I wanted to end on is the signs of melamine poisoning that you might want to look out for. Uh, So before you end up with kidney stones that lead to death, you need to look for irritability, blood and urine, and inability to pee, and then any signs of kidney infection and high blood pressure. So look out Hmm. for all of those things. Watch your pee. Uh, Don't drink yourself to death. Your pee does not need to be clear and it also should not be orange. So somewhere in between is safe.
0: Yes, as we learned from our last episode. (laughs) Stay safe.
1: Stay safe, everybody. And since this is the season finale episode, I wanted to go ahead and say thank you to all of our wonderful patrons that we have who can join us um, this summer when we have more of our movie nights that we're really looking forward to. We just finalized our movie night schedule. So the people who are supporting us at the $2 and $5 tier are Misty, Tina, Bryce, Josh, Crumbs and Bass, Michelle, Jenny, Lula, Emp Johnny Cash, Izzy, Key, and Patrick thank up. you <laughs> thank you all so much for supporting us and if you want to join those people over on patreon you can anytime you can listen to all of our extra uh, content our microdoses that you can uh, actually see videos of at the five dollar level you can join us for the movie nights you can join us over on discord it's a lot of fun and we'll still be making content specifically for patreon as we head into the summer but we're going to take a quick vacay on the main channel and then we'll be back in
0: september thank you patrons and thank you to everybody else who listens we feel seen we see you (laughs) and we hope to see you in the fall have a great summer everybody Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please like, follow, subscribe, and review us wherever you get your podcasts.
1: For more Lethal Dose content, you can find us at Lethal Dose Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. For an overdose of content, subscribe on Patreon for exclusive episodes and much more. The show theme is Look Far by our dear wizard friend, Fogweaver. More of their music can be found on
0: bandcamp.com. Lethal Dose is created, researched, produced, and edited by Kayla Woods and Venus Dineco. Stay safe, and remember, the dose makes the poison.